Parenting is hard. Few of us feel up to the task. The world is shifting, quickly and dramatically. All of us feel the changes affecting our families. The stress and pressure can be intense. We are here to help sort the good and the bad, provide insight and bring hope. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. We're so glad you stopped by. Hi, my name is Brad Mathias. I want to welcome you to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I'm here in the studio with my co-host and sidekick, Robert Beast. Brad, it's, I see you. It's good to see you, I think. How are you? I'm fine, Robert. I feel pretty frisky today. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I feel frisky. I just had some Chick-fil-A, and uh, so... That's nice. I'm ready to go. So, uh, you've been eating the keto thing for a while. Mm-hmm. Is it working? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay. It's working great. And you feel good? Feel I feel healthy? great. Well, yeah, kind of. Yeah. So... I feel great. <laughs> so, yeah. you're a strong endorsement of the keto. A strong, well, it works for if you're trying to lose weight. Yeah. I've lost 65 pounds, but... Um, it, the overkill of, of protein is... 65 pounds. 65 pounds. Congratulations, yeah. dude. Thanks. Thank you. That's a lot. But uh, I got like a, a a case of gout, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that won't quit. Yeah. yeah. That won't There's quit. some extra protein in your yeah. body. Yeah. Uric acids. Yeah. yeah. That, but it's good. There's that. Yeah. yeah. So you need to just drink more fluids, water, stuff like that. And this is why listeners tune in every week to hear these kinds of things. Well, you know, listeners are... are a part of our life now. We're no longer, true. you know, we're no longer living in isolation. Mm. We have a community of parents around us. That's true. And uh, they, they are curious, at the very least, as to what's wrong with us. Um, and probably curious a little bit as to what our guests have to say. Yeah. More importantly. But, but I have a thought. Um, you know, we've been doing this sort of positive facts, looking at the world through a glass half full lens this, yep. this season. And uh, we've been talking about different stats, and I pulled a few of these. And, and some of these are kind of unusual, like uh, positive in a weird kind of way. Okay, well, throw one on us. Okay, so here's one. <clears throat> this comes from a LifeWay research that was done in the last year. It says 69% of parents would let their child attend VBS at someone else's church if invited. Okay. Isn't that an odd stat? Like, yeah. That they would print that out? It's even more odd that you would bring it up. 69% of parents would let their child attend VBS at someone else's church. So I, um, That's good, I guess. I guess that, I mean, that's that's, that's a strong majority that that uh, that we're willing to cooperate with. I, I wonder if they ask pastors if they they would let their kids attend VBS in another church, if you get a different answer, a different percentage. You know, it's possible. Uh, it's possible. Uh, here's another stat that's kind of interesting uh, that might surprise you. Okay. So, 77% of churches gave to at least one charity beyond their local church. Hmm, that's good. Yeah. Well, I think it's relevant because one of the, the great things I like about our guest today is that he works outside of the church. He's a parachurch ministry. Yeah. And so, he works with all denominations, and uh, he, he is a nonprofit. So people who participate with him might require other churches working together to yeah. do things with each other and um, and contributing cool. to what he does. Yeah. So I, I just I wanted to raise those facts because it's it's encouraging that uh, the We're climate in that direction. Yeah, the climate in the church in America seems to be uh, supportive of guys like us out there doing things. Let me ask you something, Brad. Don't you feel weird like talking between you and I like there's nobody else here? <laughs> 
Doesn't that feel awkward to you? Because it feels awkward to me. We've been sitting here for five minutes talking like nobody else is in the room, and there's someone sitting right between us, and I just, I just think you should think about that. I don't understand what you're saying, Robert. Okay. Why don't you uh, take some, I'm just saying, it just feels awkward to me, but that's okay. I'm not looking at our guest, so until I look at him, it's, if you it's don't make not eye contact, here. He's like, not here. Okay, like, fair enough. Like when I was a kid, I would hide and seek. I would just cover my eyes and stand in the middle of the room. Ken, it's so good to have you here. Thank you for being here. Am I here? Really? You are here. That's oh, shocking. Yes, look who's here, Robert. Ken <laughs> <laughs> Evans. 69% of podcast listeners. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kid Evans is the executive director of Manhood Journey. He is joining Brilliantly Brave Parenting today. He is our return guest. This is a repeat guest. Mm. Way back, I think season one or two, uh, we had Kent in. And we'd love to catch up and find out what God's been doing through you and yeah. through Manhood Journey. Take a few minutes with you. Well, and I was shocked to get the invite because this is the only place that's ever had me back a second time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know hardly what to do, but... For our listeners, walk us through the things that we already know. Talk to us about Manhood Journey, and then we can get into what you guys are doing. Yeah, so the the short story is Manhood Journey exists to help dads become disciple makers. We started out in the father-son space, so we produce Bible studies and e-books and digital courses to help dad become a disciple maker in the home. And we started with fathers and sons only. And then this year, we're doing some new things with churches and with dads of all ilks and stripes, meaning those who also have daughters. So we're we're rolling out some Mm. new stuff this fall. That will hopefully help any dad who wants to disciple his kids. That's fantastic. Well, one of the things I love about what you guys have been doing um, over the last couple of years is you've been developing a lot of resources. You guys have been creating stuff for parents, uh, for dads in particular, to really do the disciple making that's in your vision mission statement. And um, you guys did some stuff this this last summer that was pretty creative in Washington. Can you tell us a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah, we had... Uh, I don't know if any of your listeners have been yet to the uh, Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. It is a fantastic facility. Uh, I forget the I've heard various numbers, but it's a half a billion dollar facility, six stories of Bible history, and they asked us to do a father-son overnighter at the museum. So Mm. it was really cool. They came, our dads came in at close uh, right at the end of the day, and we had the run of the place all night. They had a guided tour. We even watched a movie on this giant digital screen in the lobby uh, at about midnight, and then we slept literally in the bottom of this, you know, $400 million uh, museum. It was awesome. Wow. So the museum's cool. Uh, if you ever get to D.C., it's just a couple blocks south of the mall, and great staff, great people there, and you can see some really, really cool stuff, uh, ancient Bible artifacts and that kind of thing. It was a blast. That's awesome. You know, I, I think I saw the movie. Oh, Pilgrim's Progress? Night at the Museum. Oh, Night at the Museum. (laughs) The reason I said Pilgrim's Progress is that's the movie they let us show on the big screen uh, at the end. But yeah, nothing came alive at night. I was disappointed. I was curious if you saw Uh, William Tyndale wasn't there. King James wasn't there. It was pretty sad. I expected them to show up. Yeah, really. (laughs) That is so cool. I mean, (laughs) so that's the point I'm making, Robert, is that Kent is always coming up with some really creative ways to engage culture. Yeah. And, you know, we celebrate that. I mean, we are all about sort of bringing uh, more attention to yeah. people who are engaging the culture effectively. And, you know, dads are not the easiest mm. to engage. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I always sort of, it's sort of funny, but it's not. You know, as a pastor, you try to get a, a dad to go to a small group. That's a major hurdle. <laughs> uh, and then the second part of that is to get a dad who goes to a small group to talk. Yeah. Mm. Is another major hurdle. 
And so, what, you know, moms and, and ladies, they tend to just, they love it. Like, they yeah. want the small group, and they want to talk, and they want to share their feelings. And guys are like, yeah, the weather's good. Buttoned up. Yeah, yeah. what do you think about the Cubs? You know, yeah. there's just, there's not that natural uh, inclination to engage with topics, to be vulnerable, to to share emotions. So any ministry that is active in engaging men to grow, develop, uh, and become interpersonal like that with their faith is always on my radar. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned it. I was looking up on my on my phone. I had to go double check the verse reference. But <clears throat> Psalm 145.4 says, One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. Goes on to say, they tell the power of your awesome works. And the point is, I agree with you, man. Pulling dads out and getting them to engage sometimes can be tricky, but each of us dads has to really wrestle with that scripture, mm-hmm. that we are uh, to commend God's works from one generation to the other. It's my job. I have five sons. They're ages 20 down to four. And it's my job to let them know what God has done for uh, us as a family, my wife, me, them. Uh, and it's my job as a dad to commend God's works to another, to tell of the mighty acts God has done. So I appreciate those strong, silent types as dads. But at the same time, man, we got to wrestle with this this verse. And we've got to be uh, we got to be mouthpieces for the work God has done in our lives. What do you think keeps men from stepping into that role in our society? Man, it's a good question. I've wrestled with it for a long time, even as a dad, because I don't do this perfectly, right? Um, <clears throat> and I have five sons, and I'm not always on this, um, <clears throat> on point in this, uh, Robert. But I think that um, I'm I'm working on a theory, <laughs> and I don't think it's a brand new theory, but it's one that I'm slowly um, it's dawning on me. Satan has always been against fathers. Mm. Um, He's never wanted fathers to succeed. He's always been. In fact, what started this for me is I was teaching at a Bible study at our church, and a guy asked me, hey, where are the examples of great dads in Scripture? And I remember kind of wrestling with it for a moment. I'm up front, and I'm going, hmm. Um, and I thought for a minute, I could only come up with Joseph in the New Testament, hmm. uh, you know, Mary's husband. We don't see anything bad that he didn't. He did a lot of things right. You know, he did everything God asked him to do. And then I was reminded later from a friend, Joseph in the Old Testament, had two sons. And um, it just reminded me, Satan's always been against dads. Mm. And he's always had a thing for dads, and he's always had them in his sights. And I used to think it was because if he gets the dad, he gets the marriage. Or if he gets the dad, he gets the marriage. And maybe the kids are all kind of messed up because they get this weird, distorted picture of fatherhood. And all that's true. But what he really wants is he wants the image of God. Satan wants to distort and destroy and manipulate the image of God. How we see God. And how we primarily yeah. see God is through mm-hmm. fathers. Yep. Like think in the New in the New Testament, Jesus said his his dad, his that God was the father over 160 times just in the gospels. Mm-hmm. And that's the way he wanted us to see God. And so I just am it's starting to dawn on me that there's this war going on against fathers. And I think that's part of it. I yeah, think that's a long answer to the question, but I think the essence of it is the reason fatherhood is hard uh, is because Satan wants us to fail. Mm. That is very insightful, bro. That was really good. I, as as you were saying that, I, I sort of just, uh, you do see in Scripture just one epic fail after another <laughs> yeah. for dads, right? Not very many good ones. Yeah, I mean, really, yeah. I mean, these 
these guys really struggled yeah. um, in their faith. They struggled in relationships. They struggled in just being good fathers. And so there's all this strife that you read about, especially in the Old Testament, about these dads and their sons and their grandsons and just a lot of tension that, that was there. Uh, as you're talking about that and as I'm thinking about our culture today, um, men are changing in our culture the gender sort of war is on this sort of discussion about, you know, are you a man or woman? You know, is your identity based on how you feel or is it biological? I mean, there's all kinds of just controversy everywhere and it's politically incorrect probably for me to even say that. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I think the point is that men are looking for help. Yeah. Dads yeah. are saying, you know, <clears throat> Number one, I need help, and then how do I help my son, mm. or how do I help my daughter grow uh, into a healthy identity and, and mm. a, a good understanding of God? Um, I know that's on your radar because you told me that you guys have been doing some research mm. on what are the challenges that dads are feeling and facing today. So yeah, throw that down. Well, what do you, what we've did been you asking. <clears throat> I found this guy who had a really clever way of doing market research, and he just likes to ask the question, "What's your single greatest challenge?" And then you might have to fill in the blank, you know, as a plumber or whatever, right? <clears throat> so we started asking that question of our community, of our dads, what's your single greatest challenge as a father? And what's interesting is, even probably while we're doing this podcast, I'll get another response to that question. We've had thousands, literally mm. thousands in about three years, and I'll get several a day. And uh, the number one, top three or four responses, we heard dads come back. We cataloged them all. We put them in this giant database, and it was... They, they said time. So, and that time meant for them two things. We could see this obvious split in the time. In one sense, they meant there aren't enough hours in the day. Mm -hmm. So they meant 24 hours is too few. I don't have enough time. And then there was this other batch of dads who talked about time, but the way they said it was, I'm running out of time. So they meant mm -hmm. like my kid's 13 or 15 or 18, and I haven't invested, and I feel like I'm behind the eight ball time-wise. Those were two of the top ones. Both of those, even, even when separated, they were still two huh. of the most commonly cited um that's really interesting challenges. i don't know that i would have put that up there. i wouldn't have man i really wouldn't have um right after that and we can go back to those mm -hmm. but right after that we saw things about communication they don't feel like they can communicate or that their families won't communicate with them and then they don't know where to begin mm -hmm. so they want they know they kind of know this gnawing sense that they want to do something better you know they're not doing it exactly the way they want but they're not sure where to start to fix that problem but yeah the time one was amazing to me and i think we've you know we've overloaded dad's and parents in general. I mean, my goodness, my wife and I have some friends we try to get together with. And I mean, you, you'd think you could get a law passed in Congress before we could all get, you know, three calendars it's aligned. It's approved. crazy. Yeah. Uh, and, and we're kind of a restrictive sort of family in a sense. Like mm. we're, we're not chasing a lot of the time, heavy time commitments, you know, like, um, I'm not anti, you know, uh, uh, high level sports, but if you, your kid's a great athlete, Buddy, that's a lot of time. And so we don't chase that stuff. We try to restrict it. But even that, man, we just find time as a challenge. And you know what you need to have a great relationship is time with people. Mm -hmm. And so think about what where Satan wants to get us on the time front is no time to invest in our kids. No time. And I bet you we're talking to some parents who's lis who are listening to this podcast that um, they feel under the weight of not nearly enough time to do all that they want to do. Well, I... You know, I'm a grandfather now. You don't look. Second you don't time. look a day over second. A grandfather's age. I understand, and those are all earned. <laughs> the gray, every bit of the gray, I earned those. I had teenagers, <laughs> three of them. 
But as a grandfather, and I'm looking at sort of the pressure on men, there is a tremendous pressure for men to uh, fill lots and lots of roles in the home mm. right now. They've got the pressure for financial provision. They have the, the pressure to be a good husband. If they're Christian men, they're really thinking about that. They're really, they have the pressure to sort of be involved in the local church. Uh, and then they have the pressure to sort of stay up with what's happening in the home. So you've got the idea that the roof needs fixed or the lawn needs mowed. And then somewhere on that list, you might get around to your kids. Right. And that's not because you don't value and love your kids. It's because there's that much other stuff to do. Competing. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you were to add another hobby like golf or hunting or, you know, some other extracurricular that's sort of me time, you can see. Oh, and then there's in-laws. Yeah. Right. And, And the sort of pressure to keep up with family outside of your immediate circle. Yeah. And I don't mean that in in a negative way. It just is. Yeah. Like, there's lots going on. And you've got five kids. I got five boys, yeah. I had three. Robert has six. Um, every one of them has important events in their little life. Yeah. Right? So, graduation. Well, but fifth something. grade graduation doesn't count. No. <laughs> well, you're not really graduating. Well, you, you know, they got birthdays. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> yeah. Come on, people. I mean, that's a demean you, son. I'm just but... saying. Well, you I'm sure someone won an award. Right. Well, they all win awards now. Exactly. Oh, everybody's oh, a winner. Oh, you're in his <laughs> Everybody gets an award. Everybody gets an award. My point is that I understand what your point there's is. There's just a gosh yeah, awful yeah, lot of sure. stuff, and uh, you know, for a and day- there's very little, you know, there's very little bandwidth left to even observe the lack of time. And what I mean by that is like mm. we're so like chasing this to do this to do this to do this that. We don't even take the time to see what we've missed until it's like rearview mirror time. Yeah. Like we're, we're like on, oh crap, I missed the fifth grade of my son or whatever, you know, like, and so, and that compounds on guilt and you keep striving yeah. and whatever. And um, so I, I, I applaud you for, for going after these things. I know that you have an initiative that you're looking at to, to try to bridge this. Gap. Yeah. Do you want to talk about well, that sure. a little bit? What dads I, have asked us for in that light, in, the, in yeah. this light of man, time's on top of me. They've asked us for, I don't want to, I don't want to belittle it, but they've asked us for almost like a microwave type solution, which, you know, you can't microwave discipleship, but you can microwave some of your understanding of it. You can, you can learn quickly. Uh, So what we're launching probably by the time this podcast airs, will have launched is uh, a tool for dads that will come out on Fridays. That'll be a real quick video that will help the dad absorb a biblical principle. Maybe something as simple as we were talking before we went on air, uh, Robert, about Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, give you a future and give you hope. Um, we want dads to hear that. And then we want them to turn around, maybe that weekend, and ask their children, hey, what kind of plans do you think God has for you? That's it. Simple. They don't got to do some deep devo or get a PhD and, you know, uh, exegesis of a scripture. They don't have to do that. It'd be great if they did. But, hey, dad, man, in five minutes on a weekend, maybe 10 minutes, you can just have some kind of biblical conversation. Yeah, it doesn't have to be deep, or um, you know. And I'm not going to judge your theology, but let's just step into that. It's a first step. It's a let's it's do it entry point. I love that. I think that's such a brilliant idea because I do think that um, a lot of times the church we get so you look at this this issue of fatherhood or or being a great dad, and and it just seems like this how do we tackle this? How yeah. do we tackle this whole thing? And 
really, I think the answer is what you're doing. You should take little bites at a time. And because yeah. we, as the, I know for me, when I look at like, I've got to connect more with my kids. I got to, you know, it's, I really want to do that. Yeah. But I don't know, like, where do I even start? Like, so I think well, that and, giving a resource like that. And I would propose, Robert, like, <clears throat> I have a friend who talks about this kind of thing where uh, he says, we want to put, we want to be the carrot in the carrot cake. Where it's ground up, it's in the cake. You may not even notice a piece right. of carrot, but you can taste it. And I think a lot of dads are missing this. And I hope if a dad's listening to this or a, or a mom, here's what I know about whoever's listening. They're busy. <laughs> they're overworked. They don't have a lot of time. And all this talk about time is resonating because it's just true in our culture. Discipleship happens on the margins, and it's the carrot in the carrot cake. And mm. what I mean by that is... Some guys, when I say discipleship, they think, okay, what you're talking about is a 40-minute Devo with questions at the end and a mm -hmm. worksheet. Okay, I'm not anti-Devos, right? We've written a bunch. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, however, <clears throat> when we have a party and the party's over at my house, uh, one of the deals I have with my wife is she goes to bed and I sweep the floors. Now, that's not because I'm a perfect husband, but it's because I know that she's worked her butt off to pull the party together <laughs> and that she's exhausted and has entertained for two or three hours and wants to go to bed. And the next morning she wants to wake up to clean floors. When that happens in our house, I'm discipling my boys. Mm. Right. And again, I do this wrong a lot. I'm just saying that's yeah. an example <clears throat> of when, when I serve my wife, mm -hmm. that's Ephesians yeah. five, man. That's yeah. me serving my wife in the way that I can so it doesn't always have to be a set-aside Bible study time. Well, I think that's, there's something really important in that as well. I love the idea of carrot and the carrot cake. Um, is so often as men, we get into situations if we think we can fix it or we have the remedy for something. Like if, mm. if I want to disciple my son or daughter, I want to think, okay, here's how I'm going to effectively disciple them. And I lose the relational aspect of that. Mm. And that is so critical. So providing an opportunity for me to ask a simple question like, what are the plans that you think God has for you. That's not, that's not the three spiritual law or the, you know, I mean, it's, it's very practical. <laughs> right. I'm opening up dialogue. It's inductive thinking rather than declarative. And so you are mm. then entering into relationship. And I think that's really powerful because I know that I want to have a richer relationship with my daughters and my sons and whatever. And I, I, I get stuck sometimes feeling like I don't have the antidote. I don't have the answer. I don't have mm. all the right things to say. So I don't even start. And what you're saying is like, we're just going to give you bite-sized opportunities to interact, right? And build relationship. Yeah, and, and in that way, <clears throat> disciple. And accept the fact that some of the things, I think of the verse when Paul says, he asked God three times, take this thing away from me. And God said, no. He said, my grace is sufficient mm. for you. And sometimes, man, there's no answer. Mm, right. <laughs> there's just no right. easy remedy to heartbreak or there's no mm -hmm. easy remedy to some of these uh, besetting sin sometimes. And we just, we just have to be there with our children yes. to walk through that. Right. And to say, I was, I was listening today and a guy said, well, the overarching theme of scripture is not forgiveness or redemption. It's God's presence. Mm. Uh, and the, and the big sin, the big problem we have is the loss of mm. God's presence in our lives mm. and just God's presence back in our lives is the answer. Right. Uh, and and I, I was struck by that even so today. So you model that with fatherhood is our view of God. What is most important for us as earthly fathers is presence yeah. in our kids' lives. And right? not to fix everything. Right. I mean, how many times have we asked God, fix this thing, and he didn't fix it? Right. You know, make us not go out of debt or make my car not break down or have my marriage not break apart. And that answer didn't come the way we wanted. Yeah. But God said, you know what I will tell you? 
I will never leave you or forsake you. Mm-hmm. I'll promise you that one. Uh, and, that, and that's where I think as dads, we can get to that place where we don't have to be heroes, man. And I, and I'm, <clears throat> I hope we're not. You know, I don't want to be my kid's hero. That's Jesus' job. Yeah, well, let me push back just a little bit. You sweep the floors for your wife. Yeah. That's heroic. Well, I don't mind if they notice, like, follow me as I follow Christ, right? It's, yeah. I can set the example. I just don't want to become the yeah, epicenter. I mean, but to the wife and mom, you know, doing the dishes, the laundry, sweeping the house, that's heroic. Yeah. Um, so I It'd think be heroic it's, if you did it at my house. You yeah, welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. I would call you a hero every day. In fact, we give you a cape, bro. We'll give you like a little outfit to wear when you do it. But did you I, say little outfit because I'm short? Is no, I said little outfit. No, no, no. Is that what you're saying? I take be the, nice. I'm so touchy. Brad? Oh I'm so, man, <laughs> you know the tough crowd. I, I at the end of the day, I think we got to redefine. Gave me a little cup too. You can, <laughs> if you can see this, it's like a tiny cup. Brad. If, you, if you're not watching, I'm blushing right now. There's just a little red creeping all over me. Uh, okay. Well, can't you get two points? That's right. The cup zero. makes me look taller. Okay. <laughs> just by scale ratio. Yeah, it just I, keeps coming. Uh, man, it's it's it's, uh, it's fun. Yeah. I was trying to be complimentary. I'm I know. I appreciate I was the trying to say. It's Robert's fault. Uh, yeah, it is. It. It's always Robert's fault. Uh, and that's true. Uh, at the end of the day, Men think of being heroic as like a Marvel comic. Mm, yeah. Like saving the world. Yeah. And the reality is that it is those little choices we make. Yeah. When we're tired, when we feel like we're at the end of, of our rope, so to yeah. speak, that when we sacrifice one more time for our family, for our wives, for our yeah. kids, that's the heroic stuff. Yeah. That's the special sauce that I think we need to celebrate as, as men. Yeah, um, because those are the disciple-making behaviors yeah. that are going to make a permanent impression into the hearts. Well, of our and, kids. The, and the good news and the bad news for dads, right? If you're listening, <clears throat> most of discipleship is caught and not taught. Mm-hmm. So we're either walking it out and living it day by day, mm-hmm. uh, and our kids kind of notice, "Golly, man, my dad really means that." When he says he's going to try to love his wife as Christ loved the church, he's really trying to do that. I, either they catch that. Or they don't catch that. And I can't teach my way out of that. Yeah. 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 And, I, you know, having raised three kids and, and now being a grandfather of two, I'm, I am relieved and alarmed by that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, because there's this point where it's like, okay, I, I do believe and act according to my beliefs yeah. uh, as a pastor. But at the same time, I'm, I'm broken. So oh, there man. are parts of me that if anyone got a microscope, you know, they could really pick me apart. Yeah. And, and the grace of God then enters into that equation. Yeah. Um, and so what I've learned, and for whatever that's worth, Robert, you should pay attention, maybe write some notes. <laughs> but what I've learned is that when I mess up, I own it. Yeah. And I oh, think that's sure. disciple making because I think Big that time. that gives us the uh, sort of example to share with our kids well, about what it's like to make let's a give mistake. those dads freedom, man. If you're listening to this and you feel like you got to be the hero or get it always right, that's not the gospel. Right. And the gospel is, <clears throat> I was lost and sinful. <clears throat> Christ came, filled the gap. I accepted that forgiveness. That's the gospel. And if we can show that in micro, in other words, when I blow it as a dad, when I blow it as a husband, if I can be honest with my kids and say, man, dad was a jerk. I, I really shouldn't have done that. That's the gospel because mm-hmm. I'm back in yeah. a right relationship with my family. It's redemptive. It's not, it's not hateful. It's not punitive. It is, let's take God's grace in this and move on. Yeah. Well, we've been talking to Kent Evans with Manhood Journey. He's in the studio rocking it out with his little cup. 
and uh, we're having a blast. He's just teeing it up. Robert, do you have any last thoughts before the producer <coughs> makes us stop? No, I just, you know, I'm, I'm so appreciative, Ken, of what you're doing, and I, I applaud you for all of that. And it's such a good reminder to me just as a dad. Um, and, and for those moms out there listening, you know, uh, your husband isn't going to be all that. I mean, he's he, we encourage him to go to manhoodjourneys.com. Dot org, yeah. Dot org. Because, I mean, it's it really is taking the small steps the little steps and yeah and guys I, I don't know i mean it's it's so encouraging because it, it what you're saying is so easy and but yet so difficult because it just requires taking some initial steps mm-hmm. and so i appreciate very much what you're doing your heart for this and and not just your heart but that you're pursuing with everything that you are so so real Always quick, real quick, Kent, what is the name of this new resource that you're developing that'll yeah, be located that. yeah that'll be located at father on purpose dot org father on purpose dot org is it a website uh-huh. update or is it a <clears throat> yeah it's gonna it's gonna be a web uh tool that will shoot out a video every friday and we'll have archives in there so when we start launching in october it'll be fresh but after a couple months there'll be some archive uh videos in there and some get started videos piece of cake father on purpose dot org love it you heard it here first thanks kent for being a part of our brilliantly brave podcast god bless you man for all you do thank you guys for having me it's been a pleasure Hey, Robert, we've got some new stuff in the web store. Tell me about it, Brad. It's our very own swag. Really? Absolutely Brilliantly Brave now has its own line of caps, cups, clothing. Yeah, everything, man. We got swag. Dog sweaters? Uh, I don't know about the dog sweaters yet, but we can work on it. Okay. So if you're a fan and you've been listening to Brilliantly Brave and you want to share it with your friends, let them know that you're a supporter, hey, come to our website, ishinelive.com, and find out more. You know, every time Kent comes in, uh, it's like a breath of fresh air, right? Then why do you insult him like that? Well, he's my friend. It was terrible, It's my love language. It's terrible. I didn't, yeah, I did. You did. No, no. You'll have to rewind and, and listen carefully, but I just sort of got sandbagged. It was it was beautiful. It was beautiful to watch. <laughs> I agree with you. I th- I love I love what he does, and I kind of went on and gushed at the end there because I I really have so much respect. He's just so passionate about helping fathers, you know, be better fathers, and um, really in a practical way. You know, there's a lot of exactly there's a lot yeah. of programs out there. A lot of people with great intentions and probably great things to say that. It just feels kind of lofty, you know? But I love this fathering on purpose or fatherhood on purpose that he's launching where it's just, I can do that. I can ask my kids this weekend, you know, what what plans do you think God has for you? That's just brilliant. I love it. So I'm very inspired. I'm really a champion of any ministry that's trying to reach across denominational gaps, that are trying to engage men at a variety of different levels. Um because it is so needed that we have a really, really diverse and really, really flexible ministry platforms for a variety of different regions, even countries to be able to plug into. And, um, you know, I'm in New England. And so, you know, some ministries that are based out of the South or the Mid-South, they're, they're not going to work in New England. Mm-hmm. But this kind of ministry does. Right. And it has that sort of 
broad practical application that I am so grateful there are men like him yeah. who are willing to do it. Now, on a practical mm-hmm. side, you know, he's kind of funny and uh, he's he's an amazing speaker. And if you're a, a church or uh, a ministry that's looking for an event to uh, bring attention to the ministry to men or fathers, I could not recommend higher uh, a speaker for you than Kent Evans. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Definitely someone to to bring in as not only an expert, but something he he, he makes all of the the loftiness kind of tangible and, and disarms men, you know, like he disarmed you. Yeah, yeah, he took me out pretty good, <laughs> pretty much. I'm sorry we keep going to that, but it's just lovely to watch you. Blow. Well, you know, as he's leaving the studio, he's singing "It's a Wee Little Cup," you know. Yeah. So well, don't you're doing it again. Well, I'm just saying that they has a, he has a good singing voice. That okay. was excellent. Uh, Ken Evans is one of those guys who is sticking with it. Um, as a father, he has five kids. He has five sons. And so what I, what I want to sort of spin as a last thought maybe for this episode is to, to tell dads, like, I know you may be in the thick of it, and you may not feel like you've got this all sorted out, fatherhood or being a spiritual leader, but you can do it. Yeah. Like, really, you can do this. And God will help you, and there are people and resources that are there that you can tap. But don't don't miss this. This is a one-time opportunity to be a dad. That's right. That and you're called to be. I mean, so you know, to the men out there who are feeling unprepared or ill-equipped or or even like morally not right to lead, uh, I just want to tell you, you know, ask forgiveness, confess your sin, get it sorted out. Now go do it. Yeah. Like. Do not allow anything to keep you from stepping into your destiny as a dad. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for spending time with us today. I know that you were inspired just as we were. If you think about it, add a comment to our podcast platform and uh, give us, uh, as Brad would say, five stars if you don't mind. And uh, we'll see you here again next week. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Be encouraged, parents. You are not alone. In Paul's letter to his son in the faith, Timothy, he writes, But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Brilliantly Brave Parenting wants to be an encouragement and support that parents can rely on. Would you consider liking us and sharing us with a friend? As a part of the Tween Gospel Alliance, we are a nonprofit organization dependent on the support of friends like you. Thanks for stopping by. We'll be right here next week. Brad, you know I'm a foodie, right? Absolutely. Okay, I want to tell you about this awesome coffee experience. It's called CJ's Coffee Culture and Community. It is a faith-run coffee culture. And the thing that's really cool about this is that they roast their own beans, they have delicious coffees, and they they have two brick and mortar, so two coffee bars, as well as a virtual location at cjscoffeecafe.com. Here's the cool thing. They ship their beans, they ship their coffee anywhere in the world, so you don't just have to be in Texas to enjoy it. CJ's Coffee Culture and Community. Awesome.